Well, I guess you've decided to join on in. That sounded weird. Join in and chat again on another Friday or whatever day you're listening this episode. I really hope your day has been phenomenal so far, whatever time of day. And I'm really excited to be jumping in with you on this particular topic. As you can see, like I normally say, this episode is debunking the false belief of speaking things into existence. So this is prevalent. This is real. This definitely ties close to people believing that they can manifest their own reality and, you know, seeing signs and um, creating and cultivating their own existence by what they say, by what they think. And I get it. For a minute and for a while in my own life, I believed it and I believed that my thoughts were powerful enough to cultivate my reality. And I'm not really sure when that seeped into what I believed and thought, but honestly, I think it has to do with a big chunk of what our church is teaching. Uh, And also it's just really, really common in our culture today. I mean, listen, even Oprah said, you don't get in life what you want, you get what you believe. Oprah Winfrey said that. Um, I, I don't, I don't really agree with her. Uh, you don't get in life what you want. You get what you believe. Well, first of all, if you're a Christian, you're not trying to get out of life what you want. Um, what we're doing is we're walking out our life in accordance to the gospel to glorify God. Uh, even if things that we don't want are things that we're called to pursue. The Lord changes our hearts. Scripture literally changes the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. And that's what the Holy Spirit is all about doing in us 24-7. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read a few passages that people might take out of context. And we're going to talk about the truth behind them uh, and what the Lord's trying to speak to us. So let's go ahead and read from the book of Philippians. We're going to read chapter 4, verse 8. And this is something, a specific verse that people take out of context. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. So people read this and they say, well, okay, here we go. We are told to think about these things and then therefore it is through the power of thinking on these things, dwelling on these things, that we can create our reality. But my question for you is, okay, so where do you get to that? Scripture says to dwell on these things. But what we're reading in the context is that Paul is speaking to these people and telling them, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, he will guard your hearts and minds. So it's all about Christ intervening on our behalf. Yes. He guards our hearts and minds. Yes. And it is because of his power that we can think on what is honorable, what is pure, what is just, what is lovely, what is commendable. But where does it say that this creates our reality? If someone takes this verse and they don't read further into the context, verses 9, do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. That's Paul saying, okay, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But if this was to create our reality, that we could think and say things into existence, wouldn't it say that? Wouldn't it say, therein, your existence shall be cultivated because of what you thought? It's just an addition to what these people want it to say. This is not true. It is good to think on what is honorable, obviously, and pure and lovely. That's what scripture says. But it does not bring about what your reality is. We are still going to have difficulties. We are still going to have pain. We are still going to walk through hardship. So we have time for one more. And it's going to be Proverbs 18 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, so in this proverb, there's a good amount of just differing pieces of loving exhortation and just true biblical yumness. Yumness? I don't know where that came from. Sorry. But... The verse right before it is from the fruit of a person's mouth. His stomach is satisfied. He's filled with the product of his lips. Well, that piece of scripture sure takes us home to man. If we are just spouting off everything that we want and desire, we're constantly ruminating on what we want to be satisfied with. And we're constantly speaking of what our desires are. What does that point to? That points to us, not to God. Then it goes in and says in verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, so death and life are in the power of the tongue. What we speak about matters because what we speak about either points to ourself or points to Christ. If we are speaking death, meaning if we are speaking things that are not encouraging, exhorting, loving, sometimes we're going to speak things to people, especially brothers and sisters in Christ, that might seem sanctifying. We're going to have to correct our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to have to pull them from the pit if they're falling into false teachings as this. So, If we are not speaking in love, as scripture says, and we are not loving others, this is the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue truly affects how we are perceived 
yes, and whether or not we are glorifying God. And we will eat its fruit by we will be, we will be promoting destruction by the way that we speak because that is how other people hear us. When we speak, people hear us. Does the world have an effect in the way that it's running? Does the world stop spinning because you spoke? No. We don't have the power as Christ does to speak into existence, creation. God, in the beginning, spoke light, spoke the world into existence. But we don't. We are not little G gods. If we were little G gods, scripture would say that pretty bluntly. It would say, hey, I'm God and you're a little G God. So go speak things into existence so you can have the best life imaginable. Nope, doesn't doesn't say that. We will eat its fruit is meaning we will be promoting destruction in those lives around us. We will probably encounter the discipline of our sin. That's what eating its fruit is, guys. We'll be encountering the discipline of our sin. If I go and fall into a pit of gossiping about every single person that I know, I banter and bash and promote ungodly words just all around me, bashing every single person that I love. Um, I'm probably going to eat that fruit because uh, all my friends are probably going to be pretty upset with me because they're all going to hear, they're all going to communicate, and they're going to know that Alex Davis has gone off the rails, and you can't trust her. Yeah, that's going to be bad. So I urge you guys to be careful with how you speak. Yeah, but just know that manifesting your own reality, sure, it's actually kind of real because that's through the power of Satan. It's not through the power of the Lord. So be careful with how you think and speak and just know that whenever you think and speak, let it be in accordance to the gospel and to the scriptures because that is the only lasting and true thing that can keep us in line with our creator. Don't mess with the powers of the enemy, guys. Don't mess with the forces of darkness.